Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Uh, obviously, the Emmys uh, last week and, and Schitt's Creek cleaned up, but uh, we want to bring in Bill Brio, TV critic. You know him, you love him, you've read his stuff all over the place. Uh, how has this pandemic transformed what we're seeing on our screens? Talk more about all of this. Bill Brio, TV critic. You can find him at brio.tv is with us now. Bill, thanks for the time. I hope you're doing well. I am. Hope you're doing well too, Scott. And I understand they can't say the name of your show on. <laughs> no, they just can't describe it. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot like Shit's Creek. No, no, no. Uh, anyway, uh, so let's talk about that first. Uh, obviously, this one, uh, uh, the show won a ton of Emmys, and we we couldn't we we saw the daytime shows and whatever or the news shows trying to talk about it, and they didn't mention it. What's different here than there? Why was that happening? Well, I know when they created the show, I went down to interview the cast um, the first season they were shooting down in Toronto. I talked to Eugene Levy, and he had a big fight with CBC to call it Shit's Creek. They didn't want him to call it that. Neither did uh, anybody else, the distributors. And he dug in his heels and said, no, we're, that's the name of it. And, you know, I think he was right. A lot of curiosity, when you call a, a show Shit's Creek, people are going to at least tune in once, right? So uh, hats off to him for sticking to his guns. Would we be talking about this show as much if that decision had not been made? Because again, as you mentioned, it's you know what it reminds me of: Bare Naked Ladies. Right. Uh, yeah. You know when 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 they were before they were even popular and they were supposed to play at the City Hall in Toronto and and the mayor at the time we can't have Bare Naked Ladies playing here. What the heck is that? And you know next to free beer, that's how you get people into a club. I guess yeah. uh, it's the same thing here. This is brilliant marketing. I, I'm sure if they'd called the show Etobicoke Creek. No, we wouldn't be talking about it now. You don't think so? No. Or, or what about Stony Creek? Stony Creek. Well, that's got a better ring to it, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. So, uh, uh, so how come we can say it and and they can't? Um, I think it's not even that easy here in some places, but I, it's just weird. You know, in the United States, you can't say Shit's Creek, but um, you know, you can bring a. a and an, an assault rifle to school, you know, so it's just different priorities, Scott. Yeah, they're, just, they're different in many ways. Yeah. I'm only a TV critic. I can't splice this down now. No. Oh, man. So uh, talk about how successful this show is. Why do you think it is? And, and was this a record for the most comedies? Oh, yeah. It was no uh, Canadian or American show has ever swept a category like that. Some of them have, like All in the Family, won for Best Actor, Actress, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, and I think Golden Girls as well. Um, but nobody had ever won, gone seven for seven, like Best Show, Best Director, Best Writer, like every category. And they won a couple more. They won Best Casting. A guy I went to uh, grade school with, John Comerford, won for, uh, got, a, got an Emmy for Casting. So it's, it's unprecedented what happened. No other show, not Cheers, not... Mary Tyler Moore has ever done that. Okay, so that's my next question, and you set it up beautifully. So you think of all of the great comedies of the past, whether it's anything you've mentioned, whether it's a Seinfeld, whether it's uh, a Cheers or, or, or what have you. Does that mean that Schitt's Creek is miles above all of these? No, I don't think so. And really, I mean, I like Schitt's Creek, but I, I still find I always thought it was a show that was really funny every other episode. Yeah. You know, it, like that's a good show, point. And, and any show has clunkers, and so did this one. 
Um, I do think that there was a wonderful cast. You know, even Chris Elliott, we never talk about him, but yeah. he's just damn funny every time you see him. And uh, a lot of the other people on there, uh, very, very funny people. So great to see it so rewarded. But um, I don't know, is it better than Seinfeld? No, I don't think so. Is it better than even The Simpsons, if you consider that a sitcom? And I do, and no, I don't think so. So perfect storm for this show to do what it did here? Just was a good, right place at the right time. Yeah. It just had momentum, and then by that sixth and final season, it was so on American radar. I think everybody expected Catherine O'Hara to win, Moira was just such a yeah. That, that was the the character that everybody seized upon, and you heard about her being talked on late night talk shows and everywhere else. But uh, I don't think anybody saw the whole thing run the table. Um, and I, I do think if you look at the other shows, people said, "Well, it beat Curb Your Enthusiasm," or "It beat this or that." Um, yeah, it wasn't Curb's best season. Uh, Veep was finally off the air. You know, like it was Modern Family that peaked five years ago. So it wasn't quite um, as daunting to, to maybe run the table. I think it just it hit a point where there was an opening and it just ran the table. Should it have gone longer if it was this popular? You know, my hat's off to Dan Levy. He insisted that you got to know when to leave. Uh, six seasons is a great run. And um, I, there's so many shows. If you look at Will and Grace and different things that came back for more years and uh, yeah. stayed too long, you know, that's usually what happens. Uh, so, no, I, I think they, they really, that's the beauty of that show was, and the reason why it was rewarded so much is I think it just ended at just the right time. Uh, what does this mean for Daniel Levy moving forward? Well, he is the guy right now. You know, he's yeah. in this new HBO, uh, it's a special called Coastal Elites. It's up now, you can stream it, and he's on with Bette Midler and Sarah Paulson. So he's doing monologues on these times with these A-list stars, and uh, my goodness, you know, here was a guy who, with his dad, was the showrunner of a little Canadian show, and he can write his ticket now in Hollywood. He's got a, I understand, like a three-project deal with a network, and really, he's very, very in demand. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Unfortunate, uh, uh, Catherine O'Hara wasn't because again, I, as as you said, I think that was one of the strongest characters on the show. But great to see Eugene Levy get the nod. Yeah, and here's the great thing about that. And he mentioned this on Emmy Night was he finally got a, an Emmy for playing it straight. You know, all those yeah. years where he's, you know, the guy picking up the phone, how are ya? You know, like on exactly. SCTV. Yeah. The Schmengi brothers. Yeah, nobody could play broad like Eugene Levy. And he was the straight man. It was like the old Bob Newhart show where you had the guy in the middle surrounded by zany characters. And that's pretty much what he did on Schitt's Creek. So for him to win an award for playing it straight was tremendous. Have you seen F is for Family yet? I have not. No, I have to. I, I suggest that. if you're going to watch it, you do so with counseling. It's just one of those shows. Uh, I, I'm not sure whether to laugh or cry or, or what it says about me or the show, but I digress. Um, oh, I got to uh, see it now. No, that's interesting. So you're, and you know what? I think you're just in the right demo where you might uh, appreciate it because it's it's an animated show, but it's set in the 70s very similar to what an all in the family is but from a 2020 lens which is incredibly bizarre uh anyway uh how are how is 
TV changing. Like, you know, I sent you that, uh, that article on, on, on how, uh, what we're watching has changed. Is this because production schedules have been thrown out the window or is this because our, our tastes are changing? Yeah. Long before the schedules changed in COVID, uh, things were tilting very steeply towards streaming and different means of watching TV and, you know, we used to, years ago, everything would be 22 episodes a year, and now they're six or eight or ten. Um, you know, the Paris Hilton has a, there's a documentary up now that's on YouTube. This is Paris. It's all about her life and time. She's almost 40. How has she changed? Has she grown up? Does anyone care? Well, you can wow. watch this doc on YouTube now and stream it. So, And that has about 11 million people have watched it since it premiered about a week ago. So... The deliveries are completely different, and um, it's it's yeah, like you know when you look when you think of it, it's hard to say this, Scott, because I'll still turn on Seinfeld on TV and find it's the funniest thing on television, but um, I don't wouldn't say the same about Mash or some if you go back another ten or twenty mm. years. So I think there is a point where TV did storytelling changed even on TV. And you know when we're going through what we're going, and everybody, this has affected everybody, every walk of life, every point, every corner of the world. Um, you know, and many are saying we can't wait for the world to get back to normal. But after being through what we've been through, it will never get back to normal. And I've had this discussion with musicians who have got albums sitting in the can, waiting for release for when they can go back on tour. And I remember saying to one, "Are you concerned that what you put in the can uh, six, eight months ago, a year ago, isn't relevant now?" Yeah. Because I can see this changing. Culture, music, movies, everything. We have a different perspective now. Is that valid? Yeah, no, it it it, it is. You know, the one thing about pushing pause is we've all had time to think, and and you generally don't get that in life. You know, you're always uh, your nose to the grindstone, focused on this week's deadlines. And uh, I've talked to Jan Arden as her new sitcom Jan is up at mm-hmm. TV. It's on Monday nights, and um, I just did a podcast with her about this kind of topic. You know, here's a, a singer-songwriter who normally would be out on the road and playing live concerts all across Canada, and she's been in Calgary for six months. You know, uh, she's in bed by 8 o'clock with an old dog and a good book. Yeah. You know, she was yeah. telling me how different it is. And uh, and so I think our entertainers are also have had to push pause and and look at the big picture and try to figure things out. She's lucky because she's got a TV show, and you know, there's other career opportunities for other artists, I guess. Uh, as you mentioned with the Paris Hilton thing, and immediately, and immediately made me think of the Kardashian thing. Is that sort of stuff just out of uh, out of uh, yes. off in space now? Is it just do people connect with that now? I mean, I remember even seeing. Uh, a video of of Drake when this whole thing started, you know, the poor man was stuck in his mansion and his grand piano. I'm thinking this just doesn't cut it anymore. It's not what people are living. No, um, it's not. Remember, there was a, a, a viral video, and it was a bunch of celebrity celebrities singing Imagine, and uh, you know, it was mm-hmm. one of them was Wonder Woman, the actress, and oh my, everybody looked at that and just were repelled. Like, what? The, get back in your BMW and go back. You know, like it just. Yeah. It didn't fly, and I think people have to be smart now. They can't just imagine or feel that people care. And and here's the great, great red flag on all of this is the Kardashians have been canceled. They're yeah. going to finally bring that show to an end. And so, you know, maybe the madness is about to end 
Uh, maybe this is good news for November 3rd. I don't know, but uh, there's something going on. I remember David Letterman saying when he was still had his show, saying the Kardashians are everything that is wrong with America. Yeah, he's right. Well, and, and if you watch the Emmys, I thought one of the real bright points was Letterman. He, he had a little three-minute window. Where he I didn't see that. I didn't see that. He, he's, he gets out of a kibble, goes, and you're David Letterman, and he, he literally, his limo pulls up, he's in a farm field, he gets out in a tux, and he's got that crazy white beard, and he, yeah. he hasn't worn the tux since he hosted the awards in 86, so he reaches in the pocket, and he reads about five jokes from 86. They were <laughs> hilarious, and it was just, it was really fun to see him again, and I thought that was one of the high points of the Emmy Awards. Bill Brio has been with us, TV critic, Brio.tv, to find out more. Bill, as always, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Be well. You too, Scott. Thank you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.